Volunteering is not something that people generally do. Um, look at it as a process where you are giving, but also as something where you will learn from being part of the community. From TED's headquarters in New York City, this is Solving for X, our audio series where we share tips for organizing TEDx events. I'm Jay Hirati, and today we're talking about team building with Kalo Kubu, the longtime organizer of TEDx Johannesburg. Today we're talking about how to recruit a team, cultivate a spirit of volunteering, and plan for succession. So are you ready? Let's dive right in. Kalo, why are you here in New York? We are sitting, by the way, in a meeting room at TED's headquarters in New York. Uh, the glass, we're looking through the glass of the TEDx team working working hard uh, on, on working with TEDx organizers around the world. But what are you doing here? You live in Johannesburg. <laughs> yes, it was an interesting transition. So for those who don't know, the TED residency is a three and a half month program where you can come uh, work from this beautiful space and um, develop a project that you're passionate about. I have a farm at home that I've been working on on and off, and I always make a joke at TEDx events like, one day I'm going to be a farmer. So right. I came and joined the program so that I can finally just develop this farm project um, without any distractions. Let's go back now to Johannesburg and talk about the team that you're building there. And when we talked earlier about how you build your team, you talked about the first step being about cultivating a culture of volunteering. What does that mean and why, why is that the first step? From my, at least in my part of the world, volunteering is something that is done by people who come from somewhere else. Mm. Um, I think for most developing countries, volunteers are people who work for NGOs and come on a six-month mission. They have time, they have resources. So when you ask local people to give up time unpaid and do something for the community, it, it's not something that is done. Um, and starting a TEDx team, we had to cultivate that culture to say not everything needs to be compensated uh, with money. Um, it is a good thing to contribute to society, give back, um, but also to learn because it's, uh, at least I think of it as learning something new all the time. Right. That's interesting because as you describe the situation, the kind of the culture of volunteering, in Johannesburg, if I compare that to a, de a more developing country, obviously like the U.S., here there is a culture of volunteering, but still not a lot of people are interested in doing that because they'd rather work and make money, even though it's completely acceptable. Uh, not a lot of people take the time to do it. So it's mm -hmm. it's important. I would I would say that building that, cultivating that culture mm -hmm. and and reminding people why it's important to be a volunteer probably works across different countries with different uh, economic situation. Um, so how do you do it? When, when we started, it was just friends and family. So I guess we just convinced each other that this is the right thing to do. Um, and TEDx is a cool platform. So it is a brand that people are drawn to. 
But I think more importantly, we we hold each other accountable. Um, we meet at least every other week. Um, we at least I try in my team to give people responsibilities that they can own, mm-hmm. so that they feel ownership of the project and um, not feel like I can show up for two hours and not show up again. Uh, so that sense of ownership. And I guess with time, we've, um, I have the fortune that we've been doing this for a while now. So every year when people see the end product, you know, the event is done, the pictures are there, the videos are out, and people are making positive comments, then they feel, I want to be part of this. So when you said you get together every two to three weeks, throughout the year, you and your core team, or? So three months before the event, we get together every two weeks, weeks and closer to the event is weekly, and the week of the event is daily. (laughs) So we we build that momentum, and I think showing up, just showing up builds that sense of commitment. Of commitment, yeah. yeah. And is is three months ahead of time is the structure of the meeting how many people are there? What do you talk? Like, is it more all work or is there some time for play? Do you grab food? Do you go out afterwards to eat? How do you kind of develop that connection and, and commitment to each yeah. other? When we started, it would be Friday afternoon um, because everybody can take time off and we, you know, get some drinks. Um, but it's half work, half conversation. Half work in terms of what have you been working on during the week? It's a report back and what are you struggling with so that we can as a team collectively solve whatever problems are there and just yeah when we started we used to watch a lot of TED talks because mm-hmm. that would give you know people a sense of oh you know there's a we get it we, yeah, we yeah, what that is. yeah and and back then not many people had good broadband so it was a nice <laughs> okay well you know watch a few talks together you might not be allowed to do that work um, and just get to know each other. Yeah, it's uh, interesting because you're talking about building connection to each other, but also building a connection to Ted. Because I guess once you watch, once you watch talks together, and people develop an emotional connection to talks, and then to call the conversation that comes after, probably they're getting more excited about volunteering. How did you build a volunteer base from your community? So obviously, you said that you started with friends and family, but I'm sure you ran out of of that yep. resource pretty quickly <laughs> uh, and in a, in a place where maybe doesn't have ample volunteer people waiting to volunteer. How did you tap yeah. into the, the community there? So we, we have a form on our website and we always, um, as we're building up to the event, we always um, put on social media. If you want to volunteer, sign up here. Um, so we have like different categories where people can choose. I want to do social media. I want to work on production. And that's how we slowly got new people to come in. We also partnered with um, some companies that were not going to give us cash sponsorship, but instead gave us human capital. Mm, that's um, interesting. That's nice. That's an interesting concept. Uh, I haven't heard that before around getting pro bono from the companies, getting them to encourage their employees to come and volunteer with you. I love that um, as an idea. And you mentioned earlier that one of the key things was to give them a sense of ownership, right? So so volunteers could feel really like they own something. And I guess that, that means that they shouldn't be like messing it up because it's <laughs> theirs. But what technique do you use 
to make them feel like they really own it? I think for for me is ownership. I mean, you, a brand like TEDx is really communally owned. If if there's a thing right, like that, right. but in terms of your portfolio, like if you're talking about curation, for example, like the person who's the head curator has the full responsibility from inviting the speakers. Yes, consulting with the team, but it's their responsibility up until that speaker gets off stage. So they, they feel I can't just leave because at the end of it, these are my, this is my output. Um, and having really a flat structure um, that we use the, the TEDx um, guide a lot. I think you mm. guys have done a good job of just <laughs> putting, uh, I won't call them job titles, but categories to say, there's your portfolio, you manage it, you report back to the team, you prefer where possible, but it, it's your baby. Hmm, interesting. Well, uh, I'm always glad to hear that people use the organizer guide and like it. So I know you organize your team along similar lines to how the organizer guide is, uh, is working, but not quite the same. W what are the key teams that you put in place? So for us, we've broken the project into... I would say core sections, you know, the, the building blocks of a TEDx event. So what does it look like when mm -hmm. it's done, when it's complete? And curation and finding speakers is one key block. Um, so we've built a team around that. Uh, production, both in terms of the event and the filming, that's one chunk. Yeah. Um, and the media, marketing, and communication, it's another um, section that, you know, whether it's traditional media, doing press releases, doing social media, that's another block that we feel is important. And building community, that's been a bit weak because defining it has been a bit of a challenge, but we try to, to build a sense of community that mm. people feel yes I come to an event that's one day but I'm part of a local network of sorts we haven't found sustainable ways of keeping the community going beyond the day yeah. um, but I think we've successfully managed to to have people attend our events almost every year so you see familiar faces you know people talk about TEDx when there's no TEDx event. We did something interesting this year where every month we did free speaker workshops. So once a month, about 15, 20 people would show up and um, You'd help we them do with a three, three yeah. hour workshop on public speaking. Yeah. And I think that, that kind of like got more people engaged. In the community, yeah. Yeah, some so are upset we didn't invite them to speak, but that, <laughs> was, never <laughs> that was never the intention. Right. Um, so now you have your four teams, uh, and you have, uh, <laughs> you have uh, built a culture of volunteerism, and they feel ownership, so that works. But now, how do you get to trust volunteers? So these are, you've got a lot of people coming in the building, reputations on the line, event is really important. And I'm sure you've had like your situations where volunteers didn't show up or so, you know, uh, how do you navigate this kind of trust 
and uh, and reliability and and being able to count on them. That that comes with, I think, going back to the beginning of holding each other accountable. I mean, Johannesburg is a big but really small city, and for us, it's always about it's all our collective reputations on the line. Um, personally, mm. for TEDx, as and we always talk about this that. Yes, we're doing one event in Johannesburg, but we are part of a global team. So if something happens at um, TEDx Johannesburg, it might just as well have happened at TEDx New York because for an external audience, it's TEDx. They they actually don't care where this mishap happened. Yeah, my Um, favorite line to that, by the way, I say this almost at every gathering of TEDx organizers, is that you are independent, but you're not alone. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, that's, that's, so that's, you, you know, when your local event is a success, it's hugely successful at a local level. Something goes wrong, it makes its way around the world and impacts people all over. So, And, and I think that that's key. I've also found that age counts for the older people in the community like myself. So we tend to at least the core team, as we've been building it over the years, we've tended to have like um, understudies, if you will. Right. So have someone who's got a more um, experience and in their professional roles, whatever that is, they have people that they manage so that they can manage um, the younger volunteers. and. Um, just make sure that um, even if things things always go wrong at at a TEDx event, but just to have the the professional um, processes in place to say okay, here it's okay, here it's not okay. Right. So now uh, you spoke earlier a little bit about how you prepare your volunteers to do an amazing job on the day of the event. You spoke about setting expectations earlier on, giving them a sense for what they're getting into. What other things do you do to prepare them to do a great job on the day of the event? What we also encourage is um, self-learning. Uh, like I- other than the, the tools provided by TEDx, like our team that does social media, um, I always try to say, find what trends are out there, find what's really happening. We learn a lot from other TEDx organizers. Um, so the people who share, I know I'm guilty of not sharing what we do on the hub. Um, so the people who share their plans, their pictures, the whatever they do at the events on the hub, we're always looking for like, oh, how did this team do it? So that's also another learning so you're opportunity. Really good, you're really great user of the hub because you're really good at getting the yeah, stuff. I'm and not, not such a good user because <laughs> Will made me aware of things that I didn't know were there. Like, there's this video. I'm like, there's amazing. Seen. Yeah, <laughs> no, you know, but here's yeah. the thing. Don't feel too guilty because there are incredible assets on the TEDx hub. I think more interesting and more detailed than than what we have even in the organizer guide, but they are harder to find. All right, and another question about the passages of time is, you're still here and you're organizing after nine years, and one of the things that every Botetex organizer knows is that it's a really hard thing to do. Um, how did you, how do you 
resource and re-energize and how you know sustainability and keeping your event running and keeping yourself uh, into it um, how'd you do it I think every year after the end <laughs> of the event it's like that's it <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is the last this time the last and then somebody time. walks up and says thank you uh, <laughs> but I think for me personally actually um, Organizing the event almost feels like part of a learning process for myself. Um, mm. So it's become one of those selfish pursuits that, uh, oh, in my tools of learning for the year, one of the things that I'm going to do is organize a TEDx event. Um, it is hard, um, but if you, and I think also being part of the broader TED community, mm. Um, to say do what you can but also don't do everything yourself um, so we try to have a bigger team so you don't feel like your hair is being pulled in all sorts of directions but TED always offers me the opportunity to to learn mm. uh, because I think in, in my professional life I'm always learning and, and organizing a TEDx event, especially working with speakers, is like, here's this opportunity. Technically speaking, these people will not give you the time, the knowledge, and the resource for free. Um, so I guess that's part of the reason that I do it. Beautiful. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, it's a way to just turn it around, and once you look at it as your own personal development, unlimited opportunity, really, to fulfill anything that you're curious yeah. about. I, I often tell TEDx organizers that um, you you change the course of your community, but TEDx can also change you, and, and uh, it can give you a lot when you take advantage of it. And you've really learned how to give a lot. You really know how to give a lot, but also how to really take what the network and the and the global platform can give you and so congratulations on that it's kind of like you're, you're the perfect example of, of how we like um, to see that the, clearly you have a great team and if any of them are listening uh, thank you and congratulations and Kalo it's been a pleasure and thanks for your time no thank you it's been really I think I feel blessed to have spent three months here and yeah to just see you guys working tirelessly every day so thank you thank you we hope you enjoyed hearing about what goes on behind the scenes at incredible tedx events for more information on topics discussed today please visit the tedx hub and browse our resources from tedx organizers all over the world feel free to subscribe and share this episode if you've learned something new today